Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to continue looking at more of these lost or Gnostic gospels from the two, three, four hundreds that were written well after the time of Jesus and the disciples. And we're going to continue to examine the actual content of some of them so that you can see, if you've never studied these before, what they actually say and what the overall teaching and theology and even just vibe and feel of these Gnostic gospels is. Because As you've probably already seen if you listened to Monday's episode where we covered a little bit about the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Mary, these are altogether different from what you read in the Bible. So we're going to look at three more today very briefly. The first is the Gospel of Judas. Now this one takes everything that you think you know about the New Testament Gospels and it just completely inverts it and turns it on its head. Judas is the hero of the story, which, if that sounds odd to you, it is. So let's get into why exactly that is. I'm going to start by reading a section very early on in the Gospel of Judas. And it says this, One day he, this is about Jesus, was with his disciples in Judea. He found them sitting together, practicing their piety. When he came up to his disciples, sitting together, praying over the bread, he laughed. The disciples said to him, Master, why are you laughing at our prayer? What have we done? This is what's right. He answered and said to them, I'm not laughing at you. You're not doing this because you want to, but because through this, your God will be praised. Notice that phrase, your God. They said, Master, you are the son of our God. And Jesus said to them, How do you know me? Truly I say to you, no generation of the people among you will know me. When the disciples heard this, they started to get angry and furious and started to curse him in their hearts. But when Jesus noticed their ignorance, he said to them, Why are you letting your anger trouble you? Has your God within you and his stars become angry with your souls? If any of you is strong enough among humans to bring out the perfect humanity, stand up and face me. So Jesus is calling them out playground style. And all of them said, We're strong enough. But their spirits weren't brave enough to stand before him, except Judas Iscariot. He was able to stand before him, but he couldn't look him in the eye, so he, so he looked away. Judas said to him, I know who you are and where you've come from. You've come from the immortal realm of Barbalo, and I'm not worthy to utter the name of the one who sent you. Then Jesus, knowing that he was thinking about what's exalted, said to him, Come away from the others and I'll tell you the mysteries of the kingdom. And it goes on where Jesus takes Judas away and he describes to him that the way things really are is that there are 12 realms. These realms are filled with luminaries, including gods and goddesses, that Michael and other angels actually loan spirits from this realm to humans until they die. And so our spirits are basically on loan from the heavenly realm. This is actually similar to Mormon theology, that our spirits pre, pre-existed our bodies and our bodies are just sort of a shell. And that Adam and Eve were even created by a group of these angels. And they're not good. 
And so Jesus does not come from this God and this creator. He comes from another place. And so he actually is basically asking Judas to help him escape and shuffle off this mortal coil, which is bad because in in Gnostic theology, the spirit is good and the body is evil. And so Jesus wants to escape his evil physical body and get back to the spiritual realm. And so he enlists Judas to betray him so that he can do that. Very different. Kind of reads like fan fiction, if I'm being honest. Let's look at the gospel of Philip. The first thing I'll say about the gospel of Philip is that it is very relativistic in the way that it looks at good and bad. And and what I mean by that is, let me read you this, this uh, this short passage from it. The light and the darkness, the right and the left, are brothers of each other. They're inseparable. So those who are good aren't good. Those who are bad aren't bad. Nor is life really life. Nor is death really death. Because of this, each one will be dissolved into its origin from the beginning. But those who are exalted above the world are indissoluble and eternal. Very new age. And also very relativistic, as I said. There's nothing really right or really wrong. It's all just sort of coming out of this one origin that's uh, vague and not very well described. But what we do see in the Gospel of Philip is on the basis of this kind of thing, nearly every core Christian doctrine is inverted or just outright denied. This passage says, The names that are given to those who are worldly are very deceptive because they turn the heart away from what's right to what's not right. And someone who hears God doesn't think of what's right, but thinks of what's not right. So also with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the life, the light, the resurrection, the church, and all the others. The Gospel of Philip goes on to say that uh, some say that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. They're wrong. Now, this is very interesting because there are other Gnostic Gospels that, that do say that this is what happened. So there's a little bit of conflict here. But interesting that you find basically just a denial of most major core Christian doctrines. And also what's interesting is that this, this idea about Mary and the Trinity and things not being quite what the, the Bible teaches because of the time in which these things were written, we actually know that there are certain passages from these Gnostic Gospels that are in, they're actually quoted in the Quran, meaning that Muhammad may have been more familiar with these Gnostic Gospels than the actual Gospels, which could explain why his theology or why he thought Christian theology was so messed up. Because if he's getting his ideas about what Christians believe from these passages, it's no wonder that he had some very, very sideways and funky ideas about what Christians believe. One more for today, and this is called the gospel of truth, ironically. Now, I'll just say in in summary of this one, for the sake of time, that the basic thrust of the gospel of truth, because it's very wordy, is that the main conflict in the world is between truth and error. And error is defined as basically forgetfulness, Meaning that the core problem that humans have is not sin and not a need for redemption from our sin. It is that we have forgotten who and what we really are. And so Jesus, his role was to act as a spiritual guide back to truth to help us remember what is really true about us, who we really are, so that again, we might achieve this sort of enlightenment 
And because we have this secret knowledge now that we have forgotten, we can attain salvation and we can sort of move on into the next realm. We're going to look at three more of these on Friday's episode. So I hope that you will join me then. Can't wait to see you.